The end of a life is a sad occasion, but listen as our friend Randy with Stokes, Proc, and Munt and the Cremation Society tells us about how the end-of-life services they facilitate serve a role they do not take lightly. But as we celebrate a person's life and even tell funny stories about them, that's a very healing thing. I mean, if you can take a family that's crying, sobbing, and and get them laughing about the person that died. That's very healing. That's a very important thing, you know. I mean, we take our work very, very seriously. Randy and the folks at Stokes, Proc, and Munt, along with the Cremation Society, are available to answer any of your questions, including pre-planning your arrangements. Check them out online and on social media. This is 13 and 3, otherwise known as Mogi and JC, welcoming you to the next episode of the Breakout Sessions podcast. This episode is sponsored by Riverside Bike and Skate and LSM Chiropractic. We would like to welcome our featured guest to the podcast, Minnesota State Mavericks senior defenseman and four-time McNaughton Cup winner, Andy Carroll. Mogi? Andy, we're so happy that you took some time out of your really busy day today to speak with us, and we're looking forward to hearing your story. Thanks for having me on, guys. You're welcome. You know, right now you're kind of in between, uh, what, early morning practice and mid-afternoon practice? Yep. We just got back from uh, from workout and uh, got a little breakfast, and then we got practice this afternoon. So, yeah, it's pretty pretty easy uh, Wednesday. So let's talk about this. Your team has won the McNaughton Cup five times in a row. For you, it's four times. This cup was purchased uh, for college hockey ba- dating back to 1913. Got to be one of the oldest cups in in college hockey. What's it like or what goes through your mind when you lift that silver cup? Yeah, you know what? It was it was cool to see it for a fourth time for sure. Um, Saturday night, uh, new league, but same cup, right? The McNaughton Cup. Um, and it was pretty cool. We actually, um, our new commissioner, Don Lucia, came out and it, it you mentioned it is the second oldest trophy in in hockey only behind the stanley cup so wow. kind of a cool stat there um kind of gives me chills when he said it on the ice i didn't know that and he said it, and i was like wow that is that is so cool um but it never gets old putting that thing up over your head um especially at home uh in front of a packed barn over 5,000 people, standing room only. I think the game sold out for Saturday, I think on like Wednesday or Thursday. So just an incredible experience to be able to do that for a fourth time. That's fantastic. You know, and looking at uh, the rankings, I think it's the USCHO has, met, uh, you know, St. Cloud, excuse me, has you guys listed as number one in the country. What is the team chemistry like that, you know, your team's being so successful through all these years? You know what, I, I think it starts with um, uh, a, the culture of, of Mankato hockey um, between Coach Hastings, Coach Cannot, um, Coach Kirtland now, um, Coach Blue and the people who he has recruited in the past. Um, they they recruit good good people and good hockey players, and it's 
probably equal parts. Um, it, it's a it's a major we mentality um, over me. Um, everyone um, kind of has their role on the team. Um, you got the Nathan Smiths, the Julian Napravniks, the Cade Borcharts who are going to go out and they're expected to put up two points a night and they usually do. Um, and then there's guys um, who are strictly penalty kill guys and they're going to go out there and block shots like crazy. And But the coolest part is everyone embraces it. And for those guys, um, uh, the the bench energy um, between you know our captain Wydemot going out and wearing one right off the shoulder on a PK on a flank, um, or Nathan Smith putting two guys in a blender and going off the back bar. The, 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 <laughs> That's the, awesome. The, the 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 bench energy is uh, the whole team and the coaching staff and everyone. Um, one guy scored a goal and one guy prevented one. And like to us, that's almost equal. Like, and uh, guys appreciate like the little plays on our team, which makes, which makes just everyone go. And, uh, you know, uh, everyone's energy just stays so high throughout, throughout the week and um, especially the weekend because of it. So give us a little bit of uh, insight into your experiences with Coach Hastings. Obviously, he's developed just a phenomenal program down here, and he just got back from being a, an assistant coach with the U.S. Olympic team here in uh, in China. Uh, what can you tell us about Coach Hastings? You know what, Coach is uh, he's intense and he's going to get you the he's going to get the best out of you every day. Um, he he's so detailed on everything that he does. Um, that in practice, it almost is like you get to the games and it almost feels easy. Um, we work our tails off throughout the week, so we're prepared for that Friday and Saturday. And he he gets you to that point through the week and through the summer training and everything like that where when you show up Friday for the game, you don't have a single thought in your mind. You just have it basically built into your body like, oh, I I'm comfortable in every situation. Like I know exactly what I have to do. Um, and the details, um, that he brings to the table along with the rest of the coaching staff. Um, it's, that's why he's the most winningest coach in the last 10 years. I mean, he's came here. I think he's won 20 games every year, if not a, a close to every year. Um, so yeah, nothing but great things to say about coach Hastings. Wonderful. You know, you had mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, it's a we instead of a me atmosphere. Do individuals accept or embrace their roles, individual roles then? You know, I, I know that, you know, some players can't be the top scorer and some pl players can't be the best defenseman, but is everybody accepting to the role that, you know, Coach Hastings is putting them into? Yeah, I think that's what makes us special is that everyone does that. Um, they're, they're, we kind of have a saying that they're – there can't be any passengers on the team, right? Everyone's got to pull their piece of the rope. Everyone's got to drive their own bus. Um, and yeah, I think that's what makes us special is whether you're a, a fourth line center um, who right now for us is Andre Pavel. Sophomore, didn't play a ton last year. Um, but when, they're, when the arm goes up and we have a guy going to the box, he is standing up looking at coach, like, coach, send me out. Like, I want to go penalty kill. I want to go win this draw. I want to go make sure this puck gets 200 feet and, like, let me go do this. Like, this is how I contribute to the team. And I think that's what makes us special um, is everyone's willing to say, you know what? Like, 
you're you're probably the guy for us right now you go like go for it and yeah i mean i think it's it's one of the coolest things in hockey and i think hockey more than maybe any other sport um especially here is like that that family culture where it's like you know what like this is what's going to get us to to boston and hopefully our our end goal so yeah you know that's quite a team atmosphere the way it sounds so you know going forward you know what is a a day in the life of a maverick yeah you know what um i I won't speak for uh maybe this semester as a graduating senior i i don't have a lot of academics to take care of right now but uh in in previous years i'll kind of base it off that so um throughout the year um during game time we uh we work out uh mondays and wednesdays um and then usually have class in between there uh so you'll go to the rink 7 30 workout come back grab a quick bite to eat um and then head to head to school um obviously the past year and a half it's been a little unique with the the online courses um come back from class um grab maybe a second bite to eat something light before practice, head down to the rink. Um, we usually have uh, Mondays are kind of up and down the rink. Tuesdays are high compete day, um, battling that kind of stuff. And then Wednesday, same thing, workout, class. Um, and then usually we're either at home for, for Thursday or we're on the road. So, um, but yeah, uh, you know, and then after practice, um, Obviously, we uh, we all live pretty close. If you're, uh, unless you're a freshman, you're in the dorms. Everyone else is basically within a, a rock's throw of this house. We got, um, you know, another four guys in, you know, sixty feet that way. Another three guys a little bit that way, and then a couple just right across the street. Um, so yeah, after the after practice, we usually come back, hang out. We'll flip on like a, an NHL game or something, and that's the coolest part. Is you know we're we're so hockey's such a small, uh, small world where it's like every game you flip on, you're like, oh yeah, like I skated with him like two weeks ago. Like it's you know it, it's so cool that we can come back and and watch these guys on on TV and especially guys that you grew up playing with and playing against. So it's <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun week, that's for sure. You, you know, for our listeners, uh, we're, we're sitting in Andy's uh, college housing unit and uh, typical for, uh, you know, not only a hockey player, but for college atmosphere, we've got hockey jerseys hanging on the wall. We've got, uh, you know, the Mavericks uh, banner. We've got the uh, hockey and, and different, uh, you know, beer signs up around. And it, uh, it definitely is a college hockey atmosphere within this residence itself Moog, what do you think yeah it is and that they kind of have a, a little almost like a stadium seating around this big large screen tv and i i gotta tell you guys when i was in, in when i was in college we we're in the dorms we we had a 13 inch color tv in there and... <laughs> this one's a little bit bigger than 13 inches it's a little i mean their, their, their computer monitors are bigger than our tv was but uh, times change things are getting better and uh yeah, looks like you're having a good time down here, Andy. It's a good, it's a good spot. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andy, you know, you talked a, a day in the life of. N- now you're on the ice. Coach Hastings gets you out on the ice. 
you know, what's a practice look like? Are, are you, is it high intensity? Are you guys uh, always on, you know, 100% effort or going strong? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, you know what? Um, throughout the week, uh, intensity is always high. Um, whether or not you're you're always in physical confrontation or, you know, battle drills like that are, are, are very different. Um, a, a Monday for us is... Um, up and down the sheet, legs, feet, passing, um, some shooting, um, just kind of blowing that carbon out after that day off on Sunday, um, especially coming off of a, a weekend. Um, Tuesday for us is usually our kind of our high compete day. Um, still getting up and down the rink, um, rushes, two on twos, three on twos, um, three on three down lows, um, game realistic, but um, compete. And then Wednesday we get into a little bit of systems, um, some power play, some penalty kill, um, you know, what the other team's four checks going to be looking like neutral zone, et cetera. Um, but, and then Thursday, um, same deal, a little bit of special teams. Um, but Thursday is a lot of just kind of getting your puck touches again, similar to a, a Monday, maybe a little bit lighter. Um, but yeah, kind of getting up and down the sheet, getting some puck touches, um, making sure the goalies are ready, that kind of stuff. And then just kind of, um, cross some T's and dot and some I's in terms of, uh, some systems. And then, um, yeah, Friday we have our, our normal pregame skate and, and we're ready to rock. So the way that, coach balances the week i think it it's advantageous to us come friday and saturday because um we get our work in um we get better throughout the week but come friday we're we're ready to rock so you guys are now in the in the ccha and you play quite a few michigan teams and we understand that uh today after your afternoon uh, skate you're going to be leaving for michigan tech you must be spending a lot of times in the on the bus here going up and down the the, uh, the up and what have you on uh what goes on on the bus on these on these epic trips? Yeah, you know what? Um, yeah, we're excited to get up to Tech right now. They they're having a, a good season as well, and um, you know, uh, I think you know if we got six inches of snow yesterday, they probably got twenty six. So I don't know if I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know what? Um, uh, we do do quite a bit of traveling to Michigan. Um, fortunate enough thanks to our uh our university and, and some of our donors we uh we actually do quite a bit of flying um so uh tech's a pretty easy drive so we'll head up to duluth this evening um stay the night there um so that's about three and a half four to get up there and then i think it's only like another three and a half to get the tech um tomorrow morning so um yeah buses are you know we got the sleeper bus where you know you sit you all face in almost like a little poker table and then the bunks slide up so um when we're bussing home from from games you know we usually watch a movie um when the movie's over you throw up the bunks maybe take a melatonin pill and next thing you know you're waking up in mankato so um travels travels not bad at all it's, it's pretty easy any good story? Excuse me. Any good stories for the back of the bus? Are you losing any money playing cards back there, or what? What are the shenanigans you pull on the freshmen? Yeah, you know, I think uh, maybe less than junior hockey. Um, we we don't 
pull a ton of shenanigans. Um, coach kind of expects us to to act like professionals, and we kind of do that. There's no there's no locking the rookies in the bathroom and telling them to find a dollar worth of coins, even though there's only ninety nine cents or anything of that. Because <laughs> I can tell you that that happens in in junior hockey. But um, yeah, that's that's always a good one. Um, but uh, yeah, we we usually keep it pretty low key. We play play some poker. We got a bunch. We got a, some. We got some really good cribbage players on our team. Um, we'll, we'll get the, we got some mini cribbage boards that we bring. Um, so we play a little of that, play for some money a little bit once in a while, but, um, sometimes we'll even bring the speaker after a big road win and just jam out for two hours instead of watching a movie. So that's, that's always fun <laughs> Good for you guys. Going to give a quick, quick shout out to one of our sponsors, uh, LSM chiropractic, the largest chiropractic clinic group in Wisconsin helping hockey players at every level get aligned so they can play better is the team chiropractors for many hockey teams, including the Wisconsin Badgers, which thank goodness is not a uh, conference full of, of the Mavericks, but uh, nonetheless, still a, a good hockey team. Uh, they look forward to treating you. They also uh, service the uh, Wisconsin uh, Madison Capital Junior team as well. They've got 18 clinics in South Central Wisconsin, and they have a clinic that will serve you. You know, right now, you guys are uh, pretty close to going into uh, playoffs. Last year, you guys made it to the Frozen Four, lost in the semis. What experiences are you going to bring to the table this year that you might have uh, learned as a result of, of last year? You know, last year and, and, and in years in past, uh, at the beginning of every year, there are always founders, boosters, fans is this the year you guys win a, a tournament game? And to be able to, especially with last year's group, close that book on Minnesota State Hockey and be able to just set that aside and say, all right, like we're no longer the team that has a really good regular season and can't, you know, close a deal in, in playoff hockey. Um, it's, uh, it, was a, it was an unbelievable experience. Uh, the only way to put it, um, to do it the way we did, coming from behind, uh, against Quinnipiac, um, and then to back it up the next night and beat the Gophers four nothing was one of the cooler feelings of my hockey career. Um, <laughs> Big smile on his face yeah, right now, <laughs> massive. Uh, you know it, it, and and then obviously to, with that group to make it to the Frozen Four um, in such a unique year and a half we had last year, right? Game cancellations. Um, twice a day testing at, at, you know, regionals and frozen four. Like I'll never forget. Um, we tested the morning we're playing the Gophers and we're sitting there and the day before when we played Quinnipiac, my test came back in about five minutes, negative, ready, like, like let's go and wake up. I think we, I, I think we were Friday, Saturday, I believe. Um, so I wake up Saturday morning, go grab breakfast, head to, uh, the testing site and, I am waiting there 15, 20 minutes. Are you kidding me right now? And they go, uh, Andrew Carroll. And I was like, yeah, they go, can you come in here for a second? I go, are you serious oh, no. right now? And they go, your test was inconclusive. We need to do it again. 
So heart sunk right now. I'm like, uh, I I wear a, a whoop band which tracks my heart rate, and we'll we'll get to that in a sec. But yes, I go back, have to have to test again, and I'm sitting there, and it's five, ten, fifteen, twenty minutes, and it's me, my athletic trainer, and our team doc. We're all sitting there, and I'm like sitting in the corner. They're like, "Can you just go sit over there?" I'm like, "Oh, nice. Like, this is th- this is how my season's gonna end right now." Um, and uh, uh, so I'm sitting there, and I'm like. My heart is about to pound right through my chest. And I am, I don't have, you know, I've never had one before, but that's probably the closest thing I've ever had to an anxiety attack. And I'm looking at my heart rate and my resting heart rate's like 50. And it was like 120. It was like I was in the middle of a shift. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, this is, this is not. This is not okay. I do not want to be like, what am I, you know, and then I'm, you know, my roommate's done. Um, who's a senior too. And so it was just one of those things. And luckily enough, it came back negative after about 45 minutes. They just forgot to put in my second test. Um, But but yeah, it was uh, a little bit of a stressful situation to say the least. Yeah, I'll say it. I'm glad I wasn't in your shoes waiting at that time. You know, as you're going through or looking back uh, in the last four years, who in your collegiate career has been your biggest rival? That's a good question. You know, playing in Minnesota, there's so many Division One teams, uh, and now an addition with St. Thomas. Um, we, you know, my first couple of years, we had some non-conference series with the University of Minnesota, which was always fun. Um, but I don't, I wouldn't even put them up with our biggest rivals. I, you know, every time we play, um, especially in conference where you're playing a team four times a year, I would say probably the two biggest would be, um, Bemidji and Bowling Green. Um, every time we play them, um, it's a battle, um, and it's going to be physical and there's going to be some scuffles and, uh, you know what it's, it, both teams are well coached they got good players um so i'd probably have to go with those two for uh for uh in conference rivals and then if there's an out of conference rival i'm trying to think um you know we've played duluth four times um since i've been here um but I, I honestly, I think I'm still gonna have to go with Bemidji. I think when it's Bemidji week, everyone just kind of like we get the beef. Like we know it's gonna be hard to play against. Like we know what we're gonna get. We're gonna get a shut down, lockdown D with some some skilled forwards, and you know they always have a good goaltender. So um, yeah, I'd probably have to go with the beef on that one. All right. You know now as a def- defenseman, <clears throat> I'm picturing you on the ice. You know the. You're in the uh, offensive zone, and all of a sudden the puck gets turned over, and you know the team is coming up ice, and you're skating backwards, and your D partner goes down, you know, catches an edge and goes down, and now it's one on one, you and and the offensive player. Who do you not want to see as that player <laughs> coming down, or who's the toughest one coming down on you? That I play against, or that's on my team. That you play against. That I play against. Whew. Um, I gotta go through some some mental rosters here real quick. You know, if it helps, throw out your team member first that you would uh, not want to go up against. You think is your toughest, uh, you know, one on one guy. Yeah, I, I don't want to see Julian Napravna coming down on me or Nathan Smith. I think those both those two. I mean, their their ability to use deception and they can also skate. 
um, and have finishing ability. Um, so definitely those two. Um, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, those two are, um, I mean, when you got a guy on your team who's leading the leading the nation in points before he goes to the Olympics and he comes back after missing a couple weekends and is still second, like it, he's he's doing something right. Um, in <laughs> that's got to make you better as a defense. Oh, playing uh, against him every day in practice. Oh, 100%. Um, and, uh, man, this is going to be a, an interesting one, but I'm going to probably go with uh, with Trenton Bliss. Um, who actually we're going to see this weekend? See him this weekend. Um, from Michigan Tech, played was, against played Wisconsin it, boy. Yep, Ab, uh, I think Appleton. Um, I actually played with him in Green Bay, uh, my last year of juniors, and um, he he's kind of one of those players who he, he he's got a little bit extra long stick, and his reach is so long, and he's you know he's six two six three, um, one of those guys who, um kind of has that like sneaky sneaky hands like he's not going to do anything crazy flashy but he kind of baits you in baits you in and then can kind of dance you um so i'm gonna have to go with trenton bliss on that one all right let's uh let's go back to a little bit of the beginning You're, you kind of have gone back a little bit you talked a little bit about green bay so tell us as a youngster growing up in northfield minnesota what drew you to the game of hockey yeah. Um, so my, uh, my dad played college hockey. Um, he was a two sport athlete at, at St. Olaf. He played hockey and tennis. Um, after his, um, playing career was over, he got into coaching. Um, so spent a little time up as a grad assistant, uh, up at St. Cloud state. Um, and then came back, uh, to St. Olaf and coached for a bit. And then actually started the women's program here at, uh, Minnesota state. Um, so I grew up with, uh, a Mav Jersey on my shoulders and for some of my first time skating indoors was actually, uh, at our home rink currently. Um, so kind of a cool, um, full circle that we've made, um, to, to have another Carol back in the, uh, what is now the, you know, the Mayo events center. But, um, yeah, uh, I think my, my dad and, you know, my mom didn't play hockey, but she was my biggest advocate. Um, she was out there after, after school when I wanted to go to the outdoor rink or out in the backyard and, and, you know, I'd spend hours out there. Um, dad would get up in the middle of the night in negative 10 degree weather and go flood the backyard rink. So, um, the dedication that, that both my parents put into, um, helping me get and give me every opportunity to succeed. I, I, you know, I can't thank him enough. Nice. Your your story is fairly typical for a lot of Minnesota hockey players and a lot of uh, a lot of young players across the country that are able to have an outdoor hockey rink in their backyard. So after graduation from Northfield, you spent a year with the Sioux Falls Stampede eighteen U team, and following that year, you went to the Aberdeen Wings of the NAHL. Then you went to the Green Bay Gamblers of the USHL. So you're with Northfield. You're with Sioux, Sioux Falls, you're with Aberdeen, you're with Green Bay, then you're in Mankato. So five years, five different teams, quite the journey. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, um, I, I was pretty, uh, they they always use this in hockey, the, the undersized puck-moving defenseman, right? Well, I was, if, if undersized is 5'10", then I was undersized times 7 because I was 5'7", 125 pounds when I graduated high school. Um, I, uh, I actually, uh, um, was diagnosed with Crohn's disease my senior year in high school. 
Um, so basically, it wasn't allowing me to absorb any of the nutrients I was eating. Um, was able to to get some help through the help of uh, the Mayo Clinic in Rochester. Um, they did some tests. They're like, hey, this is what we're going to do. I was like, all right, let's do it. Um, following year, when I uh, stepped into Sioux Falls, I'd put on about 30 to 35 pounds in a matter of three and a half months. Um, and that's obviously good weight for me. Um, but uh, yeah, Sioux Falls was an opportunity where I actually, uh, I went to two North American League camps the year before uh, in Cooley and Janesville. Um, had good camps, uh, you know, played well, uh, was the last D or close to last D cut uh, from both teams. And they basically said like, you just need to work on your defending. Like you have the offensive ability, but we just need to work on your defending. And, uh, you know, had some options from different U18 teams and took a, took a gamble on, uh, the Sioux Falls stampede, which was actually a first year program that year. Um, talked with our coaches or actually our head coach that year, Ryland Galliardi, um, who's now up at, uh, North star up, uh, in Northern Minnesota. Um, he was a captain here at Minnesota state. Um, and this was before, you know, I had even talked to a division one hockey team. Um, so it was a, it was a great opportunity for me to develop physically, mentally in a way, kind of craft my game to where it is today. And, um, yeah, it was a great opportunity to play 60 some games, um, and really, really develop. And obviously, um, playing there, it, it, it led me to the opportunity to, to be able to tender with Aberdeen, um, for the following year. So, um, went to, uh, went to main camp in Aberdeen, um, with a brand new coaching staff that I actually hadn't even tendered with. Um, so coach Langer, coach bone come in, um, and, uh, yeah, spent the year in Aberdeen, um, had some success offensively, um, was able to, to get a little recognition that way. And, uh, as a result, um, uh, Minnesota State and you know a few others came came knocking and um, when I saw Minnesota State you know come up it was like this could be extremely cool um, to play for uh, uh, you know such a good um, you know team and organization and and especially the community like I know how Minnesota communities support their college teams their youth teams everything um, I knew it was an opportunity that I didn't didn't want to pass up. So I committed to Minnesota state in been late February, early March um, of that year in Aberdeen um, right after the top prospects event. So, and then you spent the following year with yeah. the gamblers. Before yep. So yeah, a couple, couple weeks later, we're in the middle of playoffs in Aberdeen and I get a call from, uh, from a number in green Bay. And I was like, Hey, we, we you know, we just took you in the draft. And I, you know, I didn't even know I was on the radar. I knew I was having a pretty good season in Aberdeen, but um, I didn't even know that I was going to be really playing uh, junior hockey. I was, uh, I had sent in my, my transcripts and everything to Gustavus uh, in St. Peter, Minnesota. And uh, basically was like, well, if, you know, if I don't want to go the route of junior hockey, like I can, I have that right there. And, um, so yeah, to, to kind of have everything go. And then, you know, two and a half years later, I'm, I'm heading to the USHL. I was like, wow, this is, I, I didn't see this one coming, but, um, I worked hard to get there. 
Um, and you know what, it's, it's a unique route. Like you said, it's, it's a lot of teams. Um, but the, the biggest thing I'm, uh, I'm proud of is I, you know, I, I took it one step at a time. Um, and you know, the, the situation that I was in in high school, um, to progress to, to where I am today, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool route. Very cool. So, uh, I'm just going to give a shout out to one of our other sponsors for today's program, Riverside Bike and Skate, Eau Claire's Hockey Headquarters, which is the oldest hockey store in the state of Wisconsin. Buy hockey gear from the people that play and know the game, Riverside Bike and Skate. And when you get down there, make sure you have pet, say hi to Pat and Brian and tell them the Breakout Sessions boys sent you down there. Absolutely. Great hockey headquarters. If you're ever in the Eau Claire area, take care of you. Uh, class act. And, you know, Andy, you talked about, you know, you're undersized, you've got this disease, and you get cut uh, from these two different teams, but that didn't stop you. You persevered. What was the drive? What was the internal drive that said, screw those guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show them that I can still do this? Yeah, you know, and uh, there's, there's always a story to go along with everything, and I, uh, yeah, like I said earlier, I I didn't know if I wanted to play junior hockey. I knew I wanted to play college hockey, and I knew I wanted to play at the highest level I possibly could. But you know, at five seven, one hundred and twenty five pounds as a senior, I'm like, I don't think you know any Division three team has me on their radar. Um, and it was actually funny. We had a couple nights ago. We had the the friends of Maverick Hockey Senior Night, and you know they put up on the on the big screen for all of our our you know donors, kind of the route that I took, the different teams and. They're like, what's U18? And I, so I kind of told my story, and um, our assistant coach, coach was in Beijing, so our assistant coach, um, Nader, was kind of running through everything, and he goes, guys, I, I want you to know I, I had no idea who Andy Carroll was as a senior in high school. He goes, he came on our radar as a U18. He was, you know, kind of tearing it up offensively, um, and then obviously I went to Aberdeen, and that's kind of when we started talking a little bit. Um, but I think I just... I knew I had to give my my younger self a, a chance to, you know, gain that lifelong goal. Um, and I knew that for me it was probably going to be a three-year route, um, for sure a two-year route. So I was like, why not? Like, I already look like I'm young enough. Like, you know, I, I, I look like I'm 16 years old graduating from high school. So I was, uh, it's not like I was going to go into college looking like I'm 25. I still came in looking like I was 18. So, um, no, it was, it was, it was a route, um, that not many take, but, uh, yeah, definitely took some, some perseverance and some, some hard work, um, over the summers during the years, um, to, to help me put on some size and strength. So obviously the, Offensive game has been there, and coming out of of high school, the emphasis was to be work on, work on being able to defend. So, what is uh what was your off tra- off ice training regimen like? Yeah, um, so obviously growing up, um, I played for uh, a summer team, uh, the Minnesota Machine. Um, so we would do uh, we had three practices a week, two hours apiece. Um, Edge work, skating, uh, those are the the two big emphasis, and then uh, obviously the passing, everything like that. So um, played that for six years, seven years, um, but yeah, now it's basically um, 
kind of just refining my crafts during the summer now. Um, I'm not on the ice a ton, spend more of my time in the weight room, um, gaining back that strength that you kind of lose during the, the year a little bit. Um, and then obviously continuing to, to eat right and, and put on the, the good size and strength. Um, so I actually, the, I mean, the past two or this past summer, we kind of got a little bit back to normal. We were down here. Uh, we go through a seven week training program with our, uh, head strength and conditioning coach, which is awesome. The, the fresh, the incoming freshmen get to come down each kind of house apartment, whatever you want to call it, usually brings in a freshman and we, uh, we train. So it kind of allows the freshmen to, to acclimate to the, uh, the rest of the guys. And, uh, so come school and season time, everyone's just kind of, uh, already acclimated to each other and we're, we're ready to rock. So a lot of team bonding sounds like, yeah, I mean, from, from the get go, you guys are the, the, we, you know, the team chemistry and stuff. So keeping that in mind, you know, you're going to be graduating. You've got, uh, the team has now has five McNaughton cups. I think the only other collegiate team to have more right now is, is the team you're going to play this coming weekend. And that's Michigan tech. Moving forward after your graduation and looking back at your freshmen now and, and your underclassmen, do you think the team has the chemistry to keep going on the path that they've had? Absolutely. Um, the the players that we get to see um, when the coaching staff brings them in on on recruiting trips um, is, you know, I everyone we kind of talk to every one of them. Um, and I think that's what makes, you know, we, we talk about we again. Um, when I came on my recruiting visit here, I got every player came out to me. Hey, I'm so-and-so. I'm Daniel Brickley. I'm, you know, Aaron Larson. And I'm blah, blah, blah. Um, when I went to other schools, I saw one or two guys that kind of like toured me around campus. But I think that's what makes this, this place special. Um, every player, basically, when you get a recruit and it's like, hey, recruits coming over, like, Make sure you get a touch with him. Say hi, introduce yourself, ask him where he's playing, how he's doing, where is he, you know, everything like that. Um, and it, from from that moment on, I was like, this place is a, a truly a family culture. Like everyone cares about each other. Um, no one goes alone, that kind of thing. Um, but I think the, the incoming class, um, our underclassmen um, obviously have, have a lot of potential and um, I don't see anything changing in the moving forward. You know, we haven't, uh, or we, I think we've touched on your major a little bit, or was that before the podcast started? It was a little bit before. So let, let's talk to our listeners. What are you majoring in right now? Uh, I am an accounting major with a business analytics certificate as well. So you're taking some pretty, uh, well, other than this semester, you're taking some, uh, <laughs> you know, for our listeners, he's got an easy semester and that's why he's had the time to talk to us right now in between practices. We asked him if he's going to class and he said, yeah, one day a week or something similar to that. But anyway, up until this point, you've had some pretty significant hard classes. How's college been for you in that regard? Yeah. You know what, uh, as an accounting major, there's, uh, a lot of numbers, uh, a lot of, a lot of QuickBooks, a lot of Excel, um, but you know it, it, it's good. Um, obviously, the the business school here at, at Minnesota State is, especially the accounting side of it, um, is very well respected. And and I see it. You know, we have this really cool opportunity at Minnesota State where we use this handshake platform. 
and it allows companies to reach out to you through internships, jobs, et cetera. And I'm getting four, five, six, seven, eight emails a day saying like, hey, are you interested in this position? Like we saw your resume, we saw your you know grade point average. Um, we, we think you'd be a great fit. Um, but yeah, the accounting side of it, um, I've always been a math guy. Um, I joke around that I fell in love with, with math and statistics, uh, reading the back of the last page of the newspaper. I, I, when I was 10 years old, I could have told you every morning, every Minnesota twins players, bad and average hits, anything like that. You name it. I could, I could, I could shoot it for you. But, um, yeah, school's been, it's been a, a great opportunity for me to develop and, um, give me an opportunity to, to have a great career after hockey. You know, You've earned all academic honors each year as a as a scholar athlete that you've been here. What is your drive to be able to do that? Number one, and then number two, uh, you know, what are your career aspirations after college? I think to answer the first question, I'm competitive. Um, I I really hate to lose ping pong, foosball bowling doesn't matter what it is i'm gonna try and beat you and i really don't care how i have to do it um <laughs> i love it but again a smile <laughs> but uh in terms of academics um uh it, it was kind of an expectation growing up um you're gonna if you're gonna work hard on the ice you're gonna work just as hard if not harder off the ice uh in the classroom. Um, so for me, it obviously gave me an opportunity, um, to come in and, um, for, for the younger listeners at home, um, a good high school GPA and a good ACT, um, opens up a lot more doors in terms of college opportunities and scholarships. Um, it, you know, they look at it and they're like, oh, you know, this guy, he's a good player and this guy's a good player. Well, this guy has a 3.9 GPA and a 28 ACT and this guy has a 2.6 and, you know, barely got 20 on his ACT. Like, I wonder which way we should go with. This guy's going to get some academic help at school. This probably not. You know what I mean? So school to me has always been a, an important part of my life. Um, I enjoy it. Um, I enjoy to learn. Um so, yeah, I guess the, to answer your question, I'm probably just a little competitive when it comes to school as well. <laughs> any any opportunity for uh, continuing your hockey playing career after college, do you think? Yeah, that's that's actually the plan right now. Um, was uh, just the past couple of years with, with COVID um, and then obviously with the later development camps this year, um, haven't been able to to go to one, um, obviously this year or the year before, um, plan was to, uh, to head up to Toronto after my sophomore year. Um, but COVID kind of shut that one down. Um, but yeah, the goal for, for myself is to, uh, to continue playing after my, uh, college career. Um, so we're looking forward to kind of what the next couple months, um, opportunities arise. Well, obviously we hope you're playing college hockey through April. And uh, we're heading out to the final or the Frozen Four in Boston, and we sure hope to see the Mavericks out there. I hope so too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've got another quick question for you. You know, uh, Mogi is the statistician for our uh, 
our podcast here, and he's got a little note here that your penalty minutes have gone down every year since you've been playing. Does that mean you're playing a little bit nicer, or what's the deal there? <laughs> and they were never that high to begin with, but it went from double digits. Now it's down to single digits for crying out loud. You know what? I I'd, I'd like to uh, I'd like to make a. F- uh, maybe an informal complaint to the CCHA ref in Northern Michigan for the holding penalty I got, which is my only penalty of the year. Uh, my fist, my fist was, my fist was closed, and I pushed a guy over, and I got a holding penalty. Um, but you know what? It goes back to to the details, right? We talked about what makes Coach Hastings so special. Um, the the defending part of it, um, he's so detailed on stick position body position where um you know a a few times you get out of position but it's so ingrained in your body exactly kind of where where to push a guy where to feel a guy that kind of thing um actually it's kind of funny my uh so i have let's see i went six four two so i have 12 penalty minutes after my freshman year um my freshman year, one game against Tech, uh, coach was actually at World Juniors that year, and puck gets kind of wrapped around the wall. We're up, I think we're up four two. I had I just scored my first collegiate goal, um, like the period before, and uh, puck gets wrapped around. Actually, he's still there. Alec Bretzman kind of reverse hit me, and I kind of wasn't quite ready for it, but I like realized it last second. I kind of went like this. And he went into the wall face first. Oh. And I got a five, a 10, and then a two because I was so mad. I think I was yelling at the ref or something like that. Um, so I had 19 penalty minutes that game. Um, in one play. In one in one play. Um, yeah, I think I had yeah, 19 penalty minutes in, in that game. And then I think I had like maybe four or six other ones. Um, so, yeah, I think over half my penalty minutes – in my college career have come from one one play. So <laughs> those referees, they'll screw up a oh, perfect man. Absolutely. <laughs> Always being part of the show. Yeah. No, you know what? I I I I play hard. Um but I think that, you know, I the the player I am, um two way puck moving defenseman. Um I can I can do a lot of defending um and get pucks out of my zone in a hurry using my stick and my feet. Um, especially my feet. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm pretty lucky, I guess. I think maybe I should have had a couple more, but I guess I've gotten nicer to the refs. <laughs> there you go. Do you smile as you skate by them just to let them know that you're friendly? Oh to them? yeah. You, you gotta have a good rapport with the refs, especially the linesmen too. You know, as a D man, you know, you're getting that D to D pass. You got a six, four guy crashing down on you. You're a couple, you know, feet south of the red line and you know you get the the follow through over and so they'll give you the wave off or or something like that or you know if it's a if it's a close icing battle you know they'll they'll blow it for the icing so you can go get the offensive zone drop but no you know what um yeah nothing nothing too bad to say about the refs our refs are and they're good guys too (laughs) you know looking back over your years of playing is there a mentor that stands out the most or a couple of them that uh, you want to give a shout out to? Um, uh, for sure, my parents obviously give me the the opportunity um, to to play this great game. Um, you know, I I, I think I I have to go back to to Aberdeen um, and talk about Coach Langer and Coach Bone. 
Um, I actually got that year, the year that I, you know, committed to Minnesota State, um, was fortunate enough to to be drafted by Green Bay in the first round. Um, I, there are some other accolades around there. Um, not going to pump my own tires on on this podcast, but um, cool story. I was actually scratched the first five out of ten games in Aberdeen. Wow. Um, so yeah, I uh, kind of in and out of the lineup. Um, didn't even have like my own stall. I like I was the only player without my own stall in Aberdeen. I had I had like a white chair. Um, that I like put my gear on, um, kind of during training camp in the first like two weeks of the season. Um, and you know, they kind of cleaned house. They cut some vets from the year before as a new coaching staff, um, didn't sign many of the tenders. Um, so I was like, well, I guess I'm, you know, going to be the next one. And that's, this is where I'm like, ah, you know what? I don't know. Maybe junior hockey wasn't the thing for me. Maybe I should have just gone to school. Like, you know, what, what am I going to do next? Am I going to go to the NA three? Um, that kind of thing. And, um, got an opportunity, um, went into coach bones office. I was like, Hey, you know, what can I do? He goes, you just got to do more. He goes, you're not the defenseman who, um, you know, a good game for him is not being noticed. Right. He goes, I can find six, two guys to do that. He goes, you should have the puck on your stick, make plays. And, uh, Got an opportunity the next weekend. Um, I, I can't remember if one of our D-men got hurt or whatever, um, but they paired me up in the, the first pair and the first power play, and I walked out of the weekend with six points. Oh. Um, <laughs> made an so, impression. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Never, ha- you know, didn't get scratched again. Um, and uh, kind of just kept the ball rolling from there. And, um, yeah, so pretty cool. So you've had obviously a million great memories uh, playing hockey, and I'm sure you've made probably hundreds and hundreds of, of, of friends. You had a special moment this year. You were able to play here in Mankato. You played against St. Thomas outside Hockey Day in Minnesota. Tell us about that. One of the coolest experiences of my hockey career. Um, we, we were able to skate out here around the outdoor rink Friday. Uh, it was a Thursday, Saturday series. So we played up at St. Thomas Thursday, came back, our bus ride. Um, and then Friday, we actually practiced outdoors. Beautiful day, windy, negative 25 with wind chill. And I've never been happier in my life. I mean, it was so <laughs> cool to, you know, to have it go full circle. And, you know, what I grew up playing on, the outdoor rinks, hands are freezing. Your ears feel like they're going to, if you get hit, they're going to fall off. Um, but it was one of the coolest experiences and then obviously game time to have you know Blakesley our, our on campus football stadium packed with i think i heard numbers of you know like 13 14,000 people wow. um or 13 14,000 tickets sold between um you know the actual stands the other side uh we had the Cambria VIP tent um so it was you know and then on top of that the snow um, it, I know it made, um, some pictures look really, really, really cool. Um, but yeah, huge shout out. If anyone's listening, that was part of the ice crew, uh, that had to shovel every like six minutes. In, <laughs> like it wasn't even like just like TV timeouts. It was like, it got to the point where it's like, it was coming down so hard where like they had to like add in like TV timeouts 
just so they could shovel the rink. I mean, it was piling up to the point where there was one time in the second period, I'm skating it up and I'm just like, all right, you just got to keep it on your forehand. Like, just push it, just push it. And like, our winger kind of opened up wide open. I go to pass. I feel like I like move a puck. It's a pile of snow. And it was just a pile of snow just flew up in the air. And I'm looking around. Everyone's like, where's the puck? 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 And, 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 yeah, it was, and I'm, everyone's trying to find it. And finally, I get it. I go, this thing's just getting ripped off the glass. Get me off the ice right now. And I, you know, and at this point, I think we're up, I think we were up maybe three, not, no, it might have been three, one. Um, because they tied it up, or no? They I think we were up two nothing. They scored, made it two one, um, and they actually came down on a breakaway and hit the post that could have tied it up two two. Um, I think the final ended up being seven one. So once it was like five one, um, you know we're loving the snow. We're like, all right, this is you know this is making the the experience way cooler. But yeah, when it was two one, we're like, get this snow off the rink. Like, let us play our game. <laughs> fast high pace like let us wheel around but it, it all you know it, it felt like you're almost playing like a men's league game like uh and that's and that's no no bad thing it's just like you had to slow it down like you you couldn't fly with the puck unless you're you know flipping it and go getting it flipping it and go getting it but yeah the the experience <laughs> itself um it was something as a minnesota kid i i grew up watching Never thought I was going to get to play in it. Norfield's never going to get a hockey day. Um, but, yeah, to be able to do that, it was it was so cool. <laughs> what a great way to end. Uh, <laughs> Andy, this has been spectacular. I truly appreciate uh, your, you know, in, your endeavor from undersized to D1 hockey to, you know, hockey day in Minnesota. Mogi? Yeah, and – Chance to play in the Frozen Four and uh, number one team in the country right now heading into this weekend. Uh, you know, a real legitimate chance of getting to Boston this spring and, and winning it all. So uh, thank you for the opportunity to meet with you and get to know you. And uh, great luck the rest of the season and, and beyond. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, don't go away. We still have our medical minute and our special guest. T-Boss would like to welcome back Mike from Northwoods Physical Therapy for a Medical Minute. Mike? Thank you, guys. Today I'd like to talk about dry needling. I'm excited about dry needling because I was just certified in this a few years ago. It's a fairly new treatment modality offered in physical therapy. It can be very effective in treating muscular-type injuries and fairly safe. It's a tool I wished I had about 10 years ago. There is a certification process that uh, one needs to complete before you can safely perform dry needling. It can be done by acupuncturists, physicians, chiropractors, physical therapists, and other healthcare practitioners. Dry needling is also known as trigger point dry needling. Some people do get this uh, confused with acupuncture, or they would just kind of like to know the difference between the two. Well, both use a similar tool. It's a very thin monofilament needle. It's not a syringe, and there's no medication involved, so that's why they call it dry needling. Acupuncture uses this type of needle to penetrate the skin at different acupuncture points that are connected by meridians. They can be manipulated by a stimulator or by the hands of the provider. It's designed to improve overall well-being and reduce pain. 
Now, dry needling uses a similar needle, but it's placed deeper into the muscle itself. When the needle penetrates the muscle, a twitch response can occur, which lowers the biochemicals that create these active trigger points. So for hockey players and athletes alike, dry needling can be very helpful in treating those muscular knots or injuries that seem to linger on throughout the whole season. Well, from somebody who has had dry needling through Northwoods done, I can attest to the fact that it does work and it feels much better when when it's done. And thank you for that, Mike. And now on to our special guest. Our special guests on this episode are Sierra and Kenna from the Eau Claire U10 Stars. Mogi? Hey, ladies, thanks so much for reaching out to us, and we're looking forward to hearing your story today. Thank you. So, Sierra, what? tell us a little bit about the team that you play on. Um, we play at the ECA Stars White, and um, we like to play together. All right, very good. And Kenna, what position do you play? Center. Oh, are you a goal scorer? Oh, Ooh, big smile on her all face. Right. <laughs> well, Kenna, who's your favorite hockey player that you like to watch? Don't have one. Okay, okay, that's all right. So how many goals did you score this year? No um, pressure, but I ten. want you to remember that Evan Ragor scored 1,000. <laughs> okay? And you listen to that podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how many do you think you scored this year? Mm, maybe 15 to 20. Oh, that's 20. still very good. That's putting the puck in the net. So, Sierra, how about you? What position do you play? Uh, center. Both but, centers. But we also, our coach moved us to defense at a time. Okay. Are you a goal scorer too? Yes. How many did you um, pot this year? Probably the same. About, same. about the same. 15, 20? Mm-hmm. Nice. Now, something kind of cool happened this year. You guys made it to state, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, Sierra, who did you, what team did you have to beat in order to get to state? Do you remember? Uh, No. Okay. Kenna, do you remember? No. Okay, it's in the past already. Well, they're moving on. That's that's, that's right. Okay, that's okay. Okay. So, girls, how did you do at state? Um, we, we got lost. seventh out of eight, so we lost our two first games only by two points, and then we um, won our third game on Sunday against the Sock Monkeys, and we've played them a lot of times, but never won against them. So we won the first time against them. Oh, oh, so that was kind of your state championship right there. Yeah. yeah. So you're thinking you probably improved throughout the year, right? You didn't beat them all year, and then at the end you did? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? We've tied against them and lost, and then we knew we were going to win. Then you beat them. Felt good, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they both have a good smile on their face there, too. That's <laughs> good right. Good satisfaction. Good for you. So, Kenna, who are your coaches? Um, Scott Blomquist and Abby Riley. Okay. And Sierra, are there any teammates you really like playing with other than Kenna? Um, Ever, Brooke, and Sophia. Okay. And have you been playing hockey with them for a while? Uh, Well, this is my only first year, so yeah. First year? And you made it to state your first year playing? Yeah. Wow. Enjoy that ride because that doesn't always just happen like that. So uh, you definitely appreciate that. So your first year, so what got you into hockey? Uh, my cousin sent my mom this link and it was like, kind of like an open skate. And that's when I really wanted to play cause it sounded fun. And was it? Yes. So Kenna, how about you? How many years have you been playing? 
I think I started just skating when I was about five, maybe. And you've been playing and hockey for how long then? Maybe I think I started when I was eight. Eight, so a couple years for you? I also did learn to skate when I was younger, so. Okay. Obviously something clicked for you and you're excited about getting back, back at it next year then? Yeah. How about you, Kenna? Yes. Uh, absolutely. Good. Yeah. Well, what was your favorite part of the season, Sierra? Um, Probably state because we got to swim and play and just hang out in the hotel and that. <laughs> All right. And Kenna, how about you? Uh, State also because we got to hang out with our friends and go out to eat and everything. Is that the best part of playing the game is hanging out with your friends and having a good time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Did your coaches make it fun for you too? Yes. yes. All right. So you both want to come back and play next year? Yeah. Definitely. Oh. So what do you think you'll do in the off season then? Do you, do you play softball or are you soccer players or anything like that? Or I play soccer and I play softball. Okay. And actually Addie's on my team this year. So. Okay. So you're, you're all around athletes. It's not just hockey? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you going to take any time to do any shooting of pucks in the garage or do any stick handling drills? Yeah, this summer there was a Chippewa thing that you can shoot 10,000 pucks, so I'm going to try to do that this summer. Oh, yeah. 10,000. Holy cow, both of you, huh? Mm-hmm. Wow, well, good luck. That's quite a lofty goal, JC. Yeah, I don't know if I could even count that high, Moog. <laughs> 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 I have a calculator. Well, if these gals are going to do it, they could probably help you out, buddy. All right. <laughs> Sarah and Kenna, thank you very much for being guests on our podcast and reaching out to us. Thank you for having us. All right, ladies. Until next time, thank you very much. Moog? Thanks, ladies. Good luck next year, and uh, glad you had a good, successful season. Thank you. Thank you. All right, and as always, a huge thank you to our audience, and we'd like to thank our featured guest, Andy Carroll, again, and a special thank you to our sponsors, Riverside Bike and Skate and LSM Chiropractic. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and visit us on our website at thebreakoutsessions.com. And until our next episode, remember, stay on the inside edge.